Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Technicia, and welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia, where you get the real questions answered, you learn everything possible, and you open your mind to new experiences on this show. There's nothing scripted. Everything is the way it is on this show right here. But we definitely keep you motivated, keep you positive throughout your whole day. So that's what this show is definitely all about. But here with me today is a wonderful guest. I have the pleasure of having her on for the first time, so I'm very honored in that. But this is where I really want to get down to because we're living in a real world, and it often seems happiness can be just as fast and fleeting as success. Why? Why do people hear one person but not another? What makes one person command the room, yet another be considered a board? With extensive time in leadership development volunteering, this woman here, Melinda, who is my guest and I have the honor to interview today, she found the interplay of hopes, personalities, and outcomes within and between people to be a telescope of possibilities. Encounter her own crisis of direction led her to a personal journey of questions. Finding your coach, Diving deep within into her, her first collection on those discoveries, focusing on the inherent internal blocks that present when we go searching for answers and work with others, led to assumptions we make for ourselves and how we accept information. Why do some people go once to a conference and leave with everything under the sun? Why do others worry they didn't take the right note? With that self-discovery, what is the journey we truly want to take? What is the quest we are on? Do we know or have we been led? Do we dare to ask the true questions of our life? We're here to find out. And if you remember from my previous show on Tuesday, sort of on the same thing of who we actually are. That was the main question. And all that we are leads up to self-discovery, self-awareness. So this, I feel, is all in connection. That's why I love what I do because everything lines up and follows through. So well, but without further ado, without hearing any more of my mouth, I'd like to welcome Melinda Kelly onto the show. Melinda, thank you so much for being here. Where are you calling in from? Well, I'm. thank you so very much for having me, and I'm so thrilled that I can add to the ongoing conversation you're already having. I'm calling in from Los Angeles, California. Oh, Awesome. And as I was saying, Melinda, it's amazing because my other guest, we were just talking about that on Tuesday. His book, um, it was Unfinished. Um, The title of his book was Unfinished and Who We Are. And it was interesting because we were talking about that, exactly who we are, how we have to discover that for ourselves. It's deeper than just saying I'm a mother or a father. And then it led on into self-awareness, self-discovery. So I was like, wow, this everything just lined up so perfectly. But I'm glad to have you here today, Melinda. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you, and and that is such a true remark because those are roles that we fill, but who we are is our essence and, and what we bring to the table. 
why do you smile when someone walks through the room without even knowing? Good question. Why do we even laugh when we don't even know what's actually going on? So those are pondering questions of why do we do things without actually being knowledgeable of our actions of doing it. So it it is really deep, and that takes time to go deep into yourself to find out who you exactly are. That takes really strong meditation, some time alone to yourself, everything. But I want to know this, Melinda, what led you to write this book? Well, I've been sailing along having what I think has been a fairly nice little life. I've worked in my family's privately held publishing and business counseling business. We've had a wonderful time exploring the different dimensions of working with family, where you roll your eyes to where you appreciate them. I always say if you work in a family business, a compliment is a rare thing. And when you finally receive one, you really feel you've arrived. And had a wonderful, because of that, I was able to volunteer in the community and experience a lot of other dimensions and things. And came to that point in life where I sort of asked myself, where to from here? I was having a wonderful run with the business. That wasn't an issue. But I was dealing with a family member's health issue and had a significant relationship alter. And... I had to ask myself, really, what did I want? Because I'm young enough to have a whole other life, and the one I had was nice, but I wasn't sure I wanted it to continue forward. That's That can be intimidating, and um, was. I mean, let's not mince around. And very thankful and grateful for my circle of friends and the support I had. And they, friends mm-hmm. are wonderful. They love you. They're going to give you everything they can. But sometimes they don't have what you're looking for. And for me, one of the things that had been said to me in my life is you should write. Well, I'm here in Los Angeles, and everybody's is something else. And so it's a little daunting to say I'm an author if I'm just starting out. And so I needed help from someone more than my friends to help me make that mental and emotional transition to being brave enough to put pen to paper. That's when I started asking people for their advice and their assistance and started discovering the whole world of coaching. And I like to point out that coaching is very different than therapy. And a friend of mine put it beautifully. She said, therapy is you're focused on the past and understanding what happened. But coaching is daring to dream about the future and where you'd like to go. That doesn't mean you don't bring some of your old baggage into the future, but your entire focus is going to be much more towards where you want to be and how you want to get there. So... That's where I started investigating and working with people and had some fabulous experiences. But I also had a couple of experiences that I didn't end up feeling great about, and yet everyone else in the room... Oh, pardon? Right. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Melinda. I'm sorry. I was going to say, thank you for giving me such a wide, expansive time to speak. And 
I'm more than happy to have uh, have this be a conversation with us. So please interrupt me because I want to make sure you know your audience, you know what they're looking for. I want to make sure that, as I like to say, that all of our needs get met. So that if they're really on a journey, I'm telling them what mine is so that they can look at it, discuss it, assess it, and see where I could help them or where Mike's mistakes or experiences can help them. Yes, ma'am. Now, Melinda, you did just mention experiences. So what experiences, what were those experiences that brought this awareness to you? Well, I'm sitting in a room, and everybody Uh looks like they have found the answers of the universe. And I'm just sitting there with a notepad full of notes. And after a while, you have to ask that question, is it the speaker or is it me? And if everybody else is getting information, it might just be me. Of course, I know it isn't me, but I'm kidding. But, you know, none of us want to admit that maybe we're, we're the problem, not the answer. And I recall being at a conference because I'm very spoiled that in this city there is many different events that you can go to for self-help and, and nurturing. And I saw a woman I'd seen at another event, and she said, we sat and talked, and as we were getting up to leave, she very sweetly said, well, I look forward to seeing you at the next one. And I thought, oh, my heavens, I could just become a little self-help gypsy. And that wasn't what I was looking for. I was looking for answers. But what I realized is I hadn't asked myself the questions I needed to know first. Okay. And what, so, were, what were those questions? What were those? Um, I was trying to say I got tongue-tied. So, what were those questions that you think that you need to ask yourself? Well, one of the things I feel that it's important to understand is: Do you seek, for want of a better term, parental approval? So, if you're working with someone, do uh-huh. you want them to like you? Do you want them to say? oh, you've done such a good job, that's lovely. Do you need them to be your surrogate parents in this new capacity? And no matter how old we are, at some level we still want to get that you did a good job. Yeah, sometimes. I don't always, for me, Melinda, I don't always look for the validation, but it does feel good when somebody looks at you and, and, and it recognizes your good deeds. So sometimes a little encouragement goes a long way. Instead of somebody ignoring it, you know that you're doing good, but, hey, I still need that boost by the end of the day. I, just a little bit. I ain't asking you to go around with balloons and shout it out, but just a little bit. So, yeah, I agree with you. We still look for and it. Yeah. And someone where you have such a sense of self is wonderful, mm-hmm. but when you're in that vulnerable position, of saying, I'm yes, not sure and I need help, we become even more vulnerable because we really do want someone to say you're doing a good job. Okay. And, and and to be aware of that within us. It, it's amazing how how brave we can be in one area of our life and how um, reticent we can be in another. Where 
you can go forward and speak in front of 10,000 people and not think twice about it. But yet if you have to go and do a presentation in front of your your child's school, there's so many additional emotions presented because suddenly it's your child, it's their friends, and it, it makes no sense. But you've made yourself vulnerable because of all the other components involved in it. I wish we could all be a fearless lion like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will have to admit, yesterday, uh, since you spoke on that, uh, I had to speak yesterday in front of my coworkers, and it was caught off guard. But I have mm-hmm. done speaking engagements before, and I'm like, wow, okay. Um, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't really prepared for this. Like, I was jittery. I was like, okay, but I, I, I got over it a little bit. I started losing up. I was like, okay, just be yourself because that's all I can do. When I speak, I just have to be myself. I can't be anyone else but me. So I got over it, but I do understand where you're coming from. It is a big difference what, of the influence, the audience. It all goes off there who you're talking to. You could talk to big bosses all day, but now you're talking to children. Children perceive you differently because they, they, they got their own little world of what cool is and if you're not part of the gang or not. So it's like, okay, I have to act a certain way when I'm in front of my daughter's friends. It's like, okay, okay, I want to be the cool parent at the same time. So, yes, I understand that. With, um, with those factors that led up to your questioning for your own experiences, in any moment did you have that aha moment? That afternoon when this woman said, see you next time, was my uh-huh. truly my aha moment where I went, I'm, I need to get focused. I need to figure out what I'm doing. Because too often we can get so ready getting ready that we never leave the door. It's You can read so many books and so many things. At one point you have to take all your apprehension and your fear and put it in your pocket and just say, stay there, I'm going to go do this. And for me... That was the moment when I was like, what am I looking for? Who do I need to help me? What is it I'm bringing to the table that maybe is holding me back? And that, for me, was the beginning of, I like to say, my love affair with questions. I don't know that any of us are really encouraged to question from childhood on. If you're a child and you ask a question, you're told, be quiet, or I'll tell you later. And when we're in school, you know, unless you have the right answer, they really don't want to talk with you. And a question can be, you know, seen as inconvenient. In the workplace when we're starting and we ask questions, we want further understanding, but we can be seen as being annoying. And we're not. We're just trying to do a great job. But we, little by little, stop asking questions. And yet, questions are the most powerful thing in the world. When we dare to ask ourselves, what do I really want? Or is this, is this going the way I thought it should? Not the way everybody's telling me. That's a huge difference. We start to get the clarity of what we as an as a individual need, not what people think we need. One of the things that I had to challenge myself on I've done what I've done professionally forever. I'm good at it. It's second nature. It's easy. Why change? But 
there's no passion. There's no enthusiasm. And so do I want to slog through the next few years? Or having the ability to make a change, do I want to embrace that and see where it takes me? That was a really big question. And as I said, I'm very thankful for the support I had within my friends and family. Not everyone has that. But that's even more important, that you know that what you're pursuing is what's going to make you happy. So I guess that would have been my aha moment. Right. And I feel that, like Jim Rohn has said before, because I listen to a lot of personal development, a person who has purpose in their life has something to go for. And we got so many influences on us. You got the influence of the past. It's pulling us back. You got some pull by distraction. Um, but you, if you got that pull, if you got the purpose for the future, it's going to pull you through all those challenges. And like you said, you have to have the right friends by your side. You can't have the friends who are always looking for their handout who looking just to come up for themselves and not worry about you by the end of the day. If those are the kind of friends, then you have to reevaluate your friend list and move on. Sometimes you you could love a person so much, but you got to love them from a distance and be like, okay, oh. you're not you're not working for you're not in my inner circle. So I'm glad you had that support team. It takes it does it takes a team to do whatever you need down here because you can't do it on your own. I don't believe in doing nothing on your own. Regardless of what it is, you've got to have a team. You can't build a oh, building most, without it. Right. you got to oh, have most a team. That, so I agree. I, Melinda, you're right on the point. Um, now, you work with so many people. So what traits have you noticed basically within yourself? Well, I was just I wanted to follow up with the friends is uh-huh. it takes a lot to be able to look at your friends and know that you love them and maybe they're good for the past memories, and maybe they're good for the present, and maybe they're good to support you into the future. But the other is when we change, it threatens our friendships because they're asking, will you still have time for me? Are we going to be able to do the same silly things we did? Are you going to be available? Anytime we make a change and it's noticeable, our friends don't mean to do this, but we're all selfish. I don't want to find out you can't meet me on the weekends to go, you know, running or do errands. I don't want to have our relationship altered in any way. And they may want the world for you and genuinely want the world for you, but they also don't want to lose what they see as you and, and your relationship that you're currently having. Yeah, right. Right, right. I do agree. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not intentional. It's, it's it's not intentional. It's just that it's a new you. They're not understanding the new you. Um, mm-hmm. And and I I do agree. The ones who understand, they'll still be there no matter what. But the ones who don't, I'm I'm busy. That's how I have to do people now. Oh, I haven't heard from you because I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Oh, but your business is more important. Yes, it's my business. Are you willing to talk about my business? Because if you're not here to support me about my business or the changes that I'm trying to make, then we don't have a conversation. You might need mm-hmm. to move on and find you some new friends. Oh, you want to go to the club? No, I don't. You want to go out to the party? No, I don't. I don't want to do any of that. 
I'm trying to grow. That's that's my new motto. And you do you have to leave them on the sideline because they're not they're not for you. They want to still party. They want to still turn up. They want to do this and that. No, I'm not. I'm I'm trying to go this way. You want to still keep going to the other side. So I'm gonna have to pass you by and, and leave you. And and it's so true what you said, Melinda, because we talk about all this on my personal development calls. And some that's what you have to do. You have to separate yourself. It is so true, and it's every day. And people. People know what they have to do. They do. They know that they need to leave that person alone. You know, you know they're holding you back. But some people enjoy having the company instead of just being by yourself alone and find that self-love for yourself. You choose to keep hanging around the same person who's going to hurt you. It's just like being with a murderer. You know they're a murderer, but you choose to be with them. You know they're going to hurt you in the long run, but that's what you choose to keep doing. You you got to know how to be. People don't know how to do that, Melinda. They don't know how to be on their own. And um, I thought about I thought about that when when you just mentioned that because let me see, it was something I listened to. Um, it was by T.G. Jakes. That's what he was talking about. Do, don't give your heart to the wrong person. And we do. We give. We tell them our secrets. That's how they get our heart. And that's what he was saying about um, I think that was Goliath. No, Samson. <laughs> It wasn't about Samson's hair. It was just the fact that he told his secrets. He gave his heart up. So it led to them getting to his hair. <laughs> and that's what we do. We give people our heart. We tell them our secrets. We tell them everything that they need to know and what they do. They go and use it against us. So, yeah, I had to bring that out because you brought that up, Melinda, and it just touched base with me so much. With listening to my personal development, I'm like, wow, Melinda really touched a home on this, like, it did let me back to that. Um, and, and that is such a beautiful that is such a beautiful point that I hadn't thought of because I I often feel that we men and women we get caught up in the potential in what we believe it can be. And yes. any be it personal, be it professional, any relationship, we encounter them and we see all of a sudden, oh, this is going to be the best boss in town. And when suddenly mm-hmm. we find out we're walk, working overtime all the time, but we still believe they're going to be the best boss in town. And in a relationship when suddenly they're not available or they fail to be there, be it, you know, be it a girlfriend, boyfriend, or friend friend, we forgive them. Because we know they wouldn't do that, being mean. Because we believe in the potential of this great thing that's going to happen. And sometimes we need to sit there and look at what it is that we're being told by what they're they're doing, what their actions are. And that's hard. Yes, ma'am. But you do got problems. Some people want They get comfortable and... And they stop learning. Um, as human beings, we all have to we all have to grow. I mean, we don't all have to grow. Some people don't choose to do it. But you know, like you say, you gotta you do. You have to change your friends. Change your friends or change your friends. It's a difference between both of those I just said. But Melinda, number seven. I read yes. I read that book. Why did you come up with the number seven? What's this all about? Oh, hold on a second. Which number seven? 
I told you I've fallen in love with questions. And you said, and truly, it really helped me to be able to sit there and say, who am I? What am I? Um, do, am I a people pleaser? Well, of course I'm a people pleaser. We're all a people pleaser at some level. But am I doing it in a way that hurts me? Um, so wait, wait, wait. Which number seven, my dear love? Oh, hold on a moment there. See, this is the problem when you have too many questions because then you get new questions that are even more fun. Oh. Oh, I'm glad to see you decided not just sort of fluff around, but let's just go to the meat of the matter. And this is a biggie. Can I accept the responsibility for changing my life? Mm. That's a big one. And oh, that's a good one too. The you're the one that said you like number seven. <laughs> I do. Oh man, that that is a good. It is. It's a good question. Can I accept the responsibility for changing my own life? And mm-hmm. then I guess it leads to the fact of whether the change is good or whether mm-hmm. it's bad. Because now if it's bad and you're on the wrong path. You definitely got to accept that responsibility. You made that choice yourself. Wow. Oh, Melinda, these questions are deep. They are. But they make uh-huh. it, they only bring it out. They only bring it out things that you have to become aware. Because if you don't even know who you are, how will you be able to guide somebody? Nobody can't follow you. You can't coach anybody. You can't control them. They're not going to want to listen to you as a leader. How you gonna How you gonna be a leader? They They can't well, trust you. I mean, they don't. Are you gonna leave them if you can't even figure out who you are exactly, ma'am, Melinda? You are pulling. You are pulling questions. Yes, she is. You go, Melinda. Well, thank you, darling. I seriously, my greatest hope is for each and every one of us to have everything, but I want it to be the everything we want, not the everything we've been told we should want. And yes. I have. And- and so often, well, you should want this. Well, why should I? It's just because, and I'm going to use a haircut. We've all had a bad haircut. Somebody mm-hmm. said, well, you should do this, and we did it. And we look in the mirror, and we burst into tears. But we've all recovered. Because hair grows most of the time, and we're fairly resilient. But... We take more time and attention to a trip we're going to take or what movie we're going to see than what we're doing with our life. We accidentally bumble along and end up in a job that's pretty okay, but it may not be what you thought it was going to be. Or maybe you had dreams that you were going to do something big, and you're not there yet, but we can accidentally get stuck. And I don't want any of us to be stuck. I want us all to really be able to go through our lives in joy. And yes, accepting responsibility, we've all made mistakes. We've all stubbed our toes. But we can get over it. And if even the mistakes I've made as I was working with people were some of my best Mm -hmm. lessons. Because one of the things 
that I learned is sometimes I wasn't ready, but I wanted to be. And so I did things before I was ready, so I wasn't able to take the information in. Do I get mad at them? They made the offer of what they could provide, and I took it. I wasn't ready. I have to own that that was my error in judgment. Yes, ma'am. And as we go through life, if we look at the things that we've been successful with and continue to encourage that and, and celebrate it, that's wonderful. We need to be our own fan club. And conversely, we've all done a dumb thing. And instead yes, of yes. ignoring it, if we can just sit there and say, well, yeah, that was dumb, but I'm never going to do it again. I learned that I don't like going to the midnight movie. I, I lose my entire weekend because I'm tired. Well, now you know you're not going to go to the midnight movie ever again, or at least for a while. And I use very simple things because... We've got big stuff we have to deal with, but if we can start with the little stuff, it makes it so much easier to say, oh, that was really a goof, and be kind to ourselves and forgive ourselves. None of us start out wanting to make a mistake. We all do everything with the best of intentions. Sometimes it just doesn't go right. And as you said a moment ago, and sometimes we know we should or we shouldn't, but we... We do it anyway because we're hoping. And to honor that we really want to be with, with our friends and to have that strength of personality to say, you know, thank you, I, I think I'm going to pass on this one. Right. So with, with looking at ourselves, I really feel being able to take that ownership means that the life we have and we create is really ours. And I like to use the example that if you're working overtime and 50, 60 hours a week because you are going to take your family to Disneyland or Disney World or some special trip, you know why you're doing this. You have a clear goal in mind. You are seeing the smiles of your children and your family. And for that, it's worth sacrificing. And you'll miss a couple of plays or other things, but you know that you're creating a magical moment for your family. That's worth it. But if you realize, gosh, I'm working overtime a lot and not really seeing my friends, and yeah, the money's nice, but you're not asking yourself, why am I doing this? What is the quality this is giving my life? You're losing your life. As long as you want to work, people will be more than happy to give you extra work. But are you not getting out with your friends? Are you not going and working out or running or something? What are you avoiding that you're not owning up to and using this as a way to distract yourself? If you want the extra overtime and you're more than happy to get the added check, great, you've got a reason. But if you're doing it out of fear that, well, if I don't do this, maybe I'll lose my job, 
well, then you've got your answer. You're not feeling secure at your job, and maybe you need to look at ways to improve your skill set or look for another job or look for another department. But I really would prefer that none of us are living our lives based out of fear, but based out of where we would like to go and be and do. So, hmm? it's it's a yes, lofty ma'am. thought, but wouldn't wouldn't it be such it a is. lovelier world if we could all be in that in that frame of mind? It, it would, it would, because we know there's no reality of everybody having the same thing um, as you mentioned in the book, like. Um, because if we really believe everything we said we want and believe we should have, the world would be filled with healthy, slender, kind, empathetic, generous, entrepreneur, millionaires. We know that's not we know that's not gonna happen. And everybody's reality is perceived differently. But we know that reality is not gonna happen. Everybody's not gonna be the same slender, everybody's not don't have the entrepreneur mindset. But it definitely would be nice if we could have something of that choice like that, Melinda. I so truly agree with you on that. Um, I, I usually take breaks, but I just feel in my heart, with my perception of reality, I, I don't want to because um, I'm really enjoying our conversation. Melinda, I, I really wanted to ask, because it is, it's a lot of questions, and questions always lead to more answers, but then them answers lead up to more questions. And, wow, it, it, it is. It gets overwhelming. It's almost like write, trying to write your goals down, like, wow, okay, i got to write my goals down. I got to write the actions down. Then I might got to write set dates to these goals. So it's like, okay, I'm bogged. So with with that being said, why do you focus so much on questions? The question. Ask yourself. I truly believe that sitting down and getting honest with ourselves is the best gift we can give ourselves. You don't have to run away from home or go on retreat or you can just take a question and and sort of sit and ruminate on it. And most of the time we ask our friends what they think about things. And that really isn't the answer either. And we, we want it to be easy. And in some ways it is. You said it very, very beautifully is we all know what we want. We all know the answer, but there are a lot of roadblocks getting there. We could be afraid of change or what will people say. And it's looking at who we are and where our strength is. And are we brave? Do we have the courage to do this? And we may not have it right now, but that doesn't mean we won't in the future. And understanding the shift we'd like to make helps us look at what we want to develop within ourselves. If I'm afraid to put pen to paper, well, I can't be a writer. If I'm afraid to get up and talk in front of people, well, that's certainly going to limit my ability to speak. If I'm afraid to learn how to drive, that means my transportation options are going to be a little different too. Yeah, it's, I know that one. But... <laughs> yes, ma'am. 
and it's up. You up? Hey, I got stuff to do too. So yeah, you limit you limit yourself with fear. You do. Um, fear is over. Um, to me, I feel it's over exaggerated. It is. It's a mind. It's a mind thing. It's a control thing. That's why I believe, like the news, they play off our emotions. They do the fear, especially when it came to the shutdown. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, the shutdown is very serious. I do. I do feel sorry because you, you got TSA workers, um, and I think the controllers, the, the controllers, um, traffic controllers, I believe, if I'm correct, I definitely know TSA who not getting a check. But as my coworker was saying, if you believe in the creator, because she always said you don't want to call him just God because you got so many gods and everybody worships their God differently. So you, you want to call him by his name, the creator, Yahweh. Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Um, so she told me one day I out of the week or last week, she was like, you know what, we really need to get back into their faith because if they believe in the creator, then you got to really believe in him to know that this is going to be taken care of. Um, that's why I had to bring that up because I, we speak about that on my affirmations, even about fear. And people don't make a move because of fear. But how long will you stay like that? Like, are you going to keep letting that fear stop you from accomplishing what you need to get to? You you can't. You got to get out your own way. You got to get out your own mind. That's when the negativity starts. Oh, you're not going to do that because, remember, you're afraid to do that. Oh, you can't get that done because you know what's going to happen. It, it plays your mind. Talk to yourself, but don't talk to yourself. You know, I, I, I like to think positive thoughts. But I don't like to get into my own mind and start really talking. Oh, okay, you're not going to be able to do that. I'm going to do it. Do it. Yes, I am. I'm gonna do it. I gotta start driving because that was one of my fears, Melinda. Since you brought it up, um, not driving. Oh my! Then the car accident. Knowing people around me pass away from a car accident, I'm like, oh my! I don't want to drive. I always tell my husband, I'm like, I don't want to drive because of that situation. He's like, well, you you gotta get out here, and I'm like, yeah, I, I do. I gotta take that chance. I got I gotta take that chance because it's not comfortable trying to get a ride. Uh, well, my husband on one who will drive me, so I'm like, uh, it's still not comfortable. Like, I need my own wheels. Then I go back to that little thought, like, oh, now I'm fearful. I don't, I don't want to drive. It's too much out here for me. But that's that fear that I have to get out my own mind. I, I so, I so respect and appreciate your sharing that. My mother's childhood friend was in a, a tragic, tragic accident like you were, where. People didn't survive, and the rest of her life was limited by they, they had to be near a store, they had to, all the things, and she was never able to muster the courage to go that one step further. And I just give you such a world of credit because I can't fathom the trauma you've survived. Truly, Thank I just... Amanda. I, I truly, my, I, I truly appreciate the courage that that you've done to just get behind that silly wheel and go forward. <laughs> I have taken my chances on on um, practicing off and on, getting it together. I, I think the last accident that we actually had, it was my husband and I, and a lady was on the expressway. She was speeding up, and as we were maneuvering over. It happened so quickly because I, I promise you it was like yesterday. I we was maneuvering over all I remember we maneuvered over. Uh, I felt a bump. Next thing I know, we were spinning around. It, it she hit so hard. We 
we was knocked off the expressway and took another ongoing expressway. Thank God traffic was not coming when she knocked us over. And my husband had to keep steering the wheel. All I could think about, I was like, oh, Lord. He was like, calm down. I was like, oh, Lord, we, I don't want us to go over the rail end. Please don't let us go over the rail end. Because we were just picking up our, we were going to his daughter's house to pick up my daughter. And I was like, oh, Lord, don't let us go over this rail end. This is not how I'm going out. Like, we, I just want to see my daughters right now. Like, that's my own thing. That was my own thing. Like, and nobody didn't know what we were going through. My own children didn't know, too. But I was grateful to God that. No other tracker was coming because that wouldn't have not probably have been pretty at all. I was like, wow. Well, and me that kind of shook me up. It kind of shook you up. <laughs> it did. It, it it shook me up. I closed I closed my eyes immediately because I was like, Lord, if I'm going over this railing, I don't want to look because he kept. But my husband had to keep stirring the the wheel to make sure he was like, hold on. He kept stirring the soul. That way we wouldn't go over the relic. She, she did. That lady knocked us really hard. And all I can remember her fussing at us. And I'm like, why are you fussing at us? And we almost literally got killed. Like, really? Um, but it, it's it's no joke. I I have lost too many people. I'm telling you, people take it. They take life for granted. They, the little smallest things you take for granted, they don't, and it don't take long for it to be taken away from you within a blink of an eye. You have to be very appreciative. I'm just thankful I wasn't banged up in no hospital because that could have went left field. So I'm very grateful that I get to see my daughters. They're 13 now, but I don't want to let that stop me from getting behind the wheel because I know I have to do it. I don't know who's going to go first. don't know if my husband's going to go first or I'm going to go first. And if he does, I have to have my own independency. I can't call somebody, oh, come and get me. So it can't work like that. So I definitely agree with you, Melinda. I'm 100% with you on that one, that fear You've got to get it out your way. Yeah, and and I just I give you such credit. I just seriously, I really do appreciate. And and being brave can be something as huge as what you've done, and it can also be walking into the first course or whatever. It doesn't. We don't have to go out and solve world peace the first time we try something. You know, it's what is the batter striking a thousand in their rookie year? Yeah, it would be lovely. But truth is, most of the time, we mess up a little, learn, do a little better. You know, we sort of up and down or hopscotch our way to where we want to get. And by being kinder to ourselves and not all or nothing, really lets us figure out who we are and where we're going. And I like to say it's okay to change your mind. I have friends that were in law because everyone told them, you should be a lawyer. That's a great career for a woman. Well, they did it, and they studied, and they got into a law firm, and they were an associate, and then they got up and made a partner. And then they discovered that this all sounds great on paper, but they were working long hours and working on weekends and looking at other things, and it wasn't fulfilling them anymore. And they were brave enough to look at it and go, what can I do with my skills and make a big shift? And that's a huge thing because we look at being an attorney as being like a do-all, be-all, win-all. You've, you've hit one of those 
you know, magic positions where your life would be made? Well, it will be right. if you're only basing it on finance. But I believe we've all learned as we go through life, there are things money can't buy. A friend coming over to your house when you've had a bad day and giving you a hug, money can't buy that. That's love. And the same with health. If we've ever watched someone go through a health issue, money can get you a doctor, but it's never going to buy back the compromised time you've gone through. And Mm -mm. being able to look at what is serving us, be it from a friend, be it a professional life, be it even the things we thought made us happy. Sometimes we have to go, gosh, this doesn't work anymore and be savvy enough or or have enough presence of mind or question ourselves to go, does this still work? Because it's not that it's changed. It's still the same thing it always was, but we've changed, and it may no longer make us as happy as it did. Right. So true. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I'm, these questions, really, they do. They they make you really think. You be like, wait a minute, hold on. I've been living inside a box this long. I need to really step outside. And, and that's what that's where that's where the thinking starts. It steps. It goes outside that box. That box is the comfort zone. That's what a lot of people are still stuck into. Um, but with your book, why do you believe diving deep within will help you to find your coach? I believe that when we understand our our quirks our tendencies and our traits, the things we do without even thinking about it, that it, first of all, lets us take a step back and say, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. So one of the examples I use is when we don't stand up for ourselves, if someone comes up to you and says, I need to, we need to have this meeting at 2 o'clock, and you're like, oh, okay, And in your mind, you're running, okay, I've got an appointment across town at 11 o'clock. That's probably going to take until 1230. Okay, traffic and this and that. I've got all these phone calls I need to return. Yeah, I'd be cutting it really tight, but I I, I could do this by two. Well, none of us are our best when we come sliding into a meeting and barely have our wits about us. Oh, my heavens, my apologies. And I thought I'd clicked everything in the world off. See, it's speaking about unexpected surprises. But when we arrive there and don't have our wits about us and suddenly have to be brilliant on topic, on point, we've just hurt ourselves. We haven't benefited the, the people we're meeting with. If we were able to speak up for ourselves and say, you know, could we mo- move that to 2.15 or 2.30? I think that would um, work better with my schedule. Would that work with yours? And start a conversation about it. Maybe it works better for them at 2.15. Maybe there's a really good reason why it has to be 2 o'clock. But when we let our needs be known, we benefit everybody. If we still have to be there at 2 o'clock, okay, they will now respect that we've worked with their schedule and moved to be there. And if they can move it a little bit later, wouldn't it be lovely to have that extra 15 minutes to be able to walk into the room in our best self and be able to have a meeting from a position of strength, not scramble? 
right. So I need it to would. know if I'm if I'm one of those agreeable souls and goes, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I can do that, and then back time it so that I'm taking care of them only. Then I'm not taking care of me. And if I'm doing that in my professional life, it's a pretty good chance I'm doing it in my personal life. And I honestly feel that if we're more honest with one another, not in the, that dress is awful, but, you know, in terms of, well, you know, it's not my favorite, but you've you've had other prettier things. When we're polite about it or express what our well, let's face it, we've all worn a dress that years later we thought, why didn't someone tell me not to do that? But when we're able to express what we need and take care of ourselves, we ultimately strengthen our relationships and we strengthen taking care of ourselves. I know, that's a radical thought. No, well, we definitely, well, one thing I have learned from doing my affirmations, rational thinking, which I feel like is radical, it's a, it's a skill set. It is. It's a skill mm-hmm. It's a skill set that takes a lot to accomplish. It's a skill, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay the bill when you really think, when you have that rational thinking. So, <laughs> Well, and it's like running a marathon. None of us would walk out the door and think we're going to do, you know, the 26 miles the first day. But each day that we run a little further, we strengthen our our ability to run, our resolve, and the knowledge that, yeah, we could do this. So your affirmations sound like your own best personal marathon. It really, it really is. It opens your eyes to new things that you never would have possibly have known or experienced. So I definitely love my affirmations. Uh, we always do our notes every morning, every day of the week, the seven days of the week. So there's no, no stopping. You're gonna get this positivity every day. But um, as, as far as it goes, how do you feel about the various tests available? Um, like Myers Briggs, uh, Berkman. I think they are a fabulous tool to get a sense of yourself. And I, but with all of those things, there's a degree of almost oh, definitely and really, I on Berkman and blue and green. Fine, obviously I'm talking about writing what could be more blue or green and it helped me understand when i was working with someone who was a financial person i made them crazy because they just wanted numbers and facts that helped my relationship with other people i know the myers-briggs has almost become a shorthand of who are you and you rattle off your whatever but i also feel that sometimes we present as one situation when the truth is we're another. My friends all think I'm a total extrovert because I am a total extrovert when I'm with them. I'm totally safe. I can say whatever and we'll all have a great laugh about it. But when I first meet you, I'm going to be a little more introverted. 
because the way I was raised is you respect the other person and get to know them, start your common ground, and then you build and build and build. So am I an introvert or am I an extrovert? I think I might be a little of both. And that's when I found out about ambiverts. But the tools, whatever tool you take, even if it's what kind of dog are you, and I love all those, you know, what, what is your favorite color, what is your, you know, where do you want a vacation? It's interesting to ask yourself, why do you want to go to the lake rather than the beach? What does a lake mean to you? Is that more about serenity, where an ocean might be about change and power? doesn't matter what your answer is. Interesting to sit there and even consider what these different options mean and how do you use them in your approach to life. They may have started out as pure entertainment, but they can actually uh, entertain and educate you a bit about yourself. Yes, they can. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Melinda, with your coaching, you bring parallels. You bring parallels of life into your coaching. Why? Mm-hmm. Because. The questions we ask in one area of our life will help us in other areas of our lives. When we're able to be honest about what it is we really want. I was I was given something as a teenager that I've held on to all these years that I never fully understood. It's a little box with a saying on it. And it says, success is getting what you want, but happiness is wanting what you get. And it took me the longest time to understand that because we've all had successes and then not understood why they were hollow. And to realize that really what I believe most of us are focused on is our true internal happiness in knowing who we are and knowing what our values are, and knowing what's important. What would we never say yes to? What would we never say no to? When we understand who we are and what is important, we have the secret of everything, and it all flows from there. Too often we're focused on success thinking, and especially the way we culturally identify success now, it's all about the money. And yes, money is lovely. But if you've ever been part of a a choral or a musical group, you know that that success is collaborative. Each and every person does something to make that musical moment happen. If you're on a work project and each of you is taking care of a different aspect of it, and when you go to implement, it's a success. Well, that's a collective success. We've forgotten about a lot of these things. I can send you an email and I've communicated with you and you know exactly what I'm thinking. And I might send you a note about, which I probably will, thank you for such a lovely time. But if I say it to you in person, even if I just see you and smile, I've said more in that than an email can ever say. 
That's an intangible form of success. And so in seeing success in more levels, it allows us to take in more about what it is that we're doing on a daily basis that is successful and makes us happy. And truly, wanting what you get is a really big thing. We've all wanted the new car but didn't realize it was going to be a huge payment or wanted the great job but didn't understand we were going to have to move across town or to another state. When we understand what really makes us happy, we're comfortable knowing who we are and accepting who we are and loving who we are. What? Me too. That's sort of why I say I want everybody to have everything, but I want it to be their everything. Right. That's going to take a, that is going to take a lot, but it's going to take it within themselves. To have, it, to have everything, they're going to have to work. They're going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. They are. But that's what, that's where you're diving deep bad. within. It. Oh, my apologies. Oh, no, go ahead, Melinda. I was going to say that's where the diving deep within can happen because it's private. You can share it if you want. You only have to answer to yourself. You know what your answers are. Sometimes you have to accept them. Sometimes you have to say, yeah, this is important to me, and I don't care if it's silly or petty or whatever, but it makes me happy. And that's your answer. And sometimes you can say, no, I I really don't need that. And sometimes you can say, you know, this is, this friendship is the world to me and I will do whatever it takes to keep it going. Or you may say, Mm -hmm. this is no longer serving me and I'm hoping that we'll meet again and be able to reconnect in a way where our past and our new future can complement each other. Yes, ma'am. But the great thing is when you go in t- inside, you don't have to share it except right. how you act future in the world. That is so true. I do. I agree with you. I think this was a perfect time. And like right now, I need that message. You know, and for anybody else out there, if you listen to the replay, you might need that message. So definitely make sure if you're listening to the replay, to share with other people who might need this valuable information. Remember, it's always service, value, value, service, uh, foremost. Uh, I, I would love to go on and on with Melinda. I feel like we should have a part two to this because just so many more open questions to ask. Um, it really has enlightened me so much to have you on, Melinda. I want to ask this before you leave, though. Um, where do we find your book at, Finding Your Coach, Diving Deep Within? Well, thank you so very much for asking. It's available at Amazon.com. And um, if I may give my website, um, MelindaJKelly.com. And I have, since it's January, a uh, new way to view your year uh, calendar download that more than happy for people to, you know, take advantage of. And it... If you have an idea of what is success and what is happiness, I'd love to I'd love to hear it. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all the usual social media, 
but would love to hear what your thoughts are because I would love for us to begin a conversation about success and about happiness and appreciating and respecting there are so many ways to have both. Yes. Uh, my listeners, I hope you got that information. I hope you had your pen and paper out taking notes because it's always good to have a note. You need a new journal every time. Don't use the same journal from last year, but a new journal now. But before we leave, i like to give the truth of the day from my friend and who is a former guest on my show. The truth of the day is this. Gain a true sense of concern for other people's needs. Before you take on additional burdens, ask other people's consent, as they may not want or need your assistance. Often we assist others because it enhances our own self-work. You are the rescuer, and you think the other person will not be able to survive without you. It is important to make sure the other person really wants what you have to give. True giving lies in the opportunity of giving, expecting nothing in return, not even a simple thank you. Today, discover the true act of giving with no expectations, no motives, and certainly no judgment. Enjoy the day, everyone. I'll see you next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. And you know what I always say, God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 